Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We're going to look at four phrases. These things, the sign, thy coming, and the end of the world. And I'd like to show you tonight or present to you tonight the fact that these phrases all point to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Remember, I asked you to get Mark 13 and Luke 21. Let's let's get over to Mark 13 right now and let's look at these things, these things. In Mark chapter 13, verse number four. The Bible says, tell us. When shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? Our other cross-reference is Luke 21 and in verse 7. Keep Mark 13 and Luke 21, uh, your finger there the whole night if you would. Verse number 7 in Luke, it says, And they asked him, Master, but when shall these things be? And what will there be when these things shall come to pass? Now, if we draw back to Matthew chapter 24, All of this is pointing back to Matthew chapter 23. You remember when we did that overview of Matthew 23 and then into 24? So flip back to Matthew chapter 23 and look at verse number 36. It says, verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Now, we're not going to do the lesson on generations tonight, but I'm going to say this. If you make generation a a time period, you can come up with different conclusions. But if you make generation a race of people, then you can come up with a different conclusion. So I would submit to you that Generation would be a, a race of people. If you go back to Matthew 1, let me just show, we'll just do this real quick and we'll get back on track. It's Matthew 1, and it starts off in Matthew 1 1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. And that goes on, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Well, this is a race of people. If you go back to Genesis, and let's get chapter 5 real quick. Genesis chapter number five. In verse number one, Genesis five, one, the Bible says this is the book of the generations of Adam. And then you see and Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness goes on. And then you see at the end of uh, verse five and he died. You see at the end of verse 10, all the days of Enos were 905 years and he died. Verse 14 at the end, and he died. Verse 17 at the end, and he died. And verse 27 at the end, and he died. All the way at the end of the chapter, verse 31, and he died. So what does the race of Adam generate? The race of Adam generates death. That's why in Adam all die. And in Matthew chapter 1, in Jesus Christ, all are made what? Alive. So we have two different generations. One is a race that generates death, and then one is a race that generates life. 
we want to be uh, we want to be in Jesus Christ. I think we all can agree on that one. Um, these things uh, in verse number uh, three of Matthew 24, I believe all point to Daniel's 70th week. And when we look back at verses one and two, we talked about this temple talk where Christ prophesied its destruction of the temple. We talked about how this destruction of the temple already occurred. We did that on the first lesson that we started, I believe, on this. So we're not going to review that information, but you can go and listen to it. Um, because of that temple distraction, many people apply all this, all these things to that fulfillment. But that fulfillment has already occurred. But when will Israel turn to the Lord? Matthew 23. Let's look at verse 39. When will national Israel turn to the Lord? It says, for I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, some will apply this to Christ's triumphant entry. Not all, but some will. The problem with applying it to his triumphant entry is it's in chapter 21 and it already occurred. It already happened. So this triumphant entry has already been headlined and it's kind of old news by the time you get to chapter 23 and into chapter 20, uh, 24. Um, you can see that in verse 21. If we can just read it right quick, go in to verse number one. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus to disciples, saying unto them, Go to the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her, loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say unto you, You shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell you the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto the meek. Unto, unto thee meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt the fowl of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt, put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the tree and strawed them in the way. Here it is, verse 9. The multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, It's Jesus the prophet, Nazareth of Galilee. So that is already passed. And who, in Matthew chapter 23, who is this speaking to you, you shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. National Israel has not looked upon him. National Israel has not accepted him. National Israel has not called him blessed. Matthew chapter one, Matthew chapter one, verse number 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they, who's that? shall call his name Emmanuel. What type of word is Emmanuel? It's a Jewish word, a Hebrew word. This is 
Israel, I would submit to you, that's being spoken of here in Matthew chapter 23. Everybody knows the cross-reference of Matthew 1 is Isaiah 7. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a Hebrew name. Israel will look upon him. Israel will accept him. Israel will call him blessed. Nationally, that will happen. It just didn't happen yet. Go over to Romans. See if this helps or hurts. Romans 11. 11.25, for I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness, in part, is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That's why it says that, because right now, they got the blinders on. You know, do they do that with horses in certain things? got the blinders so they don't see or they can't see right now israel nationally is blind all right context of these things let's get our matthew used twice here lost my spot let me get back let's take a uh, little breather here Look at Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, and ask, I want to ask you, and I'm going to ask myself, what are the these things here in verses 1 and 2? And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 and 2, what are the, these things? It's the stones, it's the buildings, it's the temple. And I believe there's two contexts there. Look at verse number 3. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? What are the, these things in verse number three? I don't believe that it's referring to the temples and the stones and the buildings. I believe it's pointing back or pointing forward to the end times. And we can see the context of that. If we go back to Matthew chapter 23, look at verse 34. All the way down to the end of the chapter. Verses 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, and 39. Verse number three, he's referring back to the Matthew 23, the end of that. Those last verses, which is pointing to the end times. All right, so that's a little something on the, these things. Two different contexts, have two different meanings. One and two, temple stones buildings. Verse three, end times. Next thing I told you we would look at is the sign. Tell us when these things shall be and what shall be the sign. The sign. So let's get our Mark 13 and Luke 21. Let's read those again so we can make sure we know where to go for the cross references. If you don't already know them, you will by the end of tonight. 
Verse 4 says, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be, here it is again, the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled. Our Luke 21, verse 7, it says, and they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? We'll get into some, I think we'll get into some specifics a bit later, but for now, biblically speaking, who were signs for? The nation of Israel. The Jewish people. That's who the signs were for. Signs aren't for us. Get 2 Corinthians. So if I could submit to you tonight, second reason why I don't believe that this is referring to the church at all is because signs aren't for us. Signs biblically Always point to the nation, Hebrews, Jews, Second Corinthians. Man, come on, where am I? Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number one. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. We can all say amen to that, right? That's that's no a no brainer. But I believe verse 7 is a no-brainer too. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't need to look for signs. We're not going to be given signs. We walk by faith. And faith is the evidence of things not seen. We, we can't see. Someone tries to tell you to prove to them Jesus, we're going to have a hard time doing a scientific experiment to prove to them and give them a sign. It's by faith. And then God saves us by his grace. Go back to Exodus chapter 4. Right, Exodus chapter 4. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. He cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent. Moses fled from before. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth thine hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it and became a rod in his hand. That they may believe. That the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath appeared unto thee. This whole chapter goes on. Because the Jews won't believe God without God verifying his word. We aren't going to have a sign. And if we're going to witness to somebody on the college campus or at their doorstep. We can't bring our magic kit, kit and give them a abracadabra, here's a magic sign. We can't give them signs and wonders and miracles. God can wrought a miracle in their life, but not by the Benny Hinn crowd, not by the charismatic crowd, not by any of this. All of us can agree that we're not doing that. We're going to go and preach the gospel 
And they're either going to trust Jesus the same way we trusted in him, or they're not going to trust him. And no amount of signage is going to prove it to him. I guess you could run that and say, well, then why do we hold signs? <laughs> well, I have scripture verses. We want to read the verses, but amen to that. That's maybe not a great joke, but just go along with it and laugh to make me feel good. <laughs> All right. Go over to Mark chapter 16 and let's, and let's ask this question. Why did the apostles have signed gifts then? Mark chapter 16, verse number 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So these fakers that say they have this healing power, honestly, how come you can't do everything listed in 15, 16, 17, and 18? How come you can't go to the hospital during COVID and clear out everybody in New York and New Jersey that was sick? I'll tell you why they don't show up. Because they don't and can't do it. It can heal them. They're not going to go near the deadly thing, the COVID-19, because they don't want it. That's why they're not going. So when they tell you to sow your seed and send them their money and, you know, and you'll get healed and all this, they're just, they're just lying. And they're preying upon desperate people or weak-willed people. Um, Can't you see yeah, right. I know. Now that would have been, yeah, they should have, they should have brought, uh, you know, the CNN and the, and the MSNBS over to Copeland's house during 19. Got some interviews on that. These guys don't care about you. All they care about is their Lear jets, their fishing trips, their multi-million dollar mansions, but they don't care about souls. They don't. Verse number 19, so then after the Lord had spoken of them, he was received up into heaven, sat on the right hand of God, and they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Here it is. Con and confirming the word with signs following. Why did the apostles have sign gifts? When somebody asks you that or brings that up, when you're speaking to them, the answer is, I said all of that to say, the answer is to confirm that what they were saying was the word of the Lord. Do we have the word of the Lord now? Yes. It's a more sure word of prophecy. All we have to do is open up the book and show them their need for seeing. We don't have to do magic tricks. It's not for us to do. Also, 1 Corinthians 1.22, it says, for the Jews require a sign. From Moses all the way through Christ's earthly ministry until the end of the first century when all the apostles have died off. And when all the apostles have died off, the sign gifts died off. 
How does God deal with the nation? Signs. That's how he deals with them. What happened after the disciples were gone? The signs were gone. When will the signs be brought back? When he turns and deals with the nation of Israel again. But they aren't coming back now. But they will. And because the Jews require a sign, because they died off with the apostles, because we have a more sure word of prophecy, because we don't require a sign, we walk by faith, I would submit to you that's why the context of this is when God turns and deals with Israel, that's when the signs are going to come back. Something to think about, pray about, chew on. Third thing we're going to look at is thy coming. Thy coming. Let's get Revelation 1. See if this helps. Revelation 1. Verse number 7. Revelation 1, 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. Matthew 24, verse 30. Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. Want to look at thy coming. Who is going to mourn for Christ? All kindreds of the earth. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. That would be Israel. Who pierced him and who's going to see him? That's going to be national Israel. All kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. If you go back to Zechariah, go back to the last book of the Bible, and then flip back one more. And get Zechariah chapter number 12. Zechariah chapter 12. And verse number 10. Zechariah 12 verse 10. And I will pour upon the house of David. And upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. They shall look upon him. They shall mourn for him. Who's he talking about in Zechariah? Israel, the nation. 
Thy coming in Matthew 24 is not the rapture of the church. It's the second coming of Christ to earth for Israel. When we look at 1 Thessalonians 4 and we look at 1 Corinthians 15, do we see Christ mentioning these mentioning signs? We don't. Because signs aren't for the church. All right, last one. Last one. End of the world. Revelation 11. We already did Revelation 11 cross-reference with 1 Thessalonians and 1 Corinthians. But Revelation chapter 11. So I won't worry out with that tonight. We'll read verse number 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the, kingdom of the, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Get Matthew 24 again. And I've not done a good job of keeping my finger there. So I better start flipping quick. Matthew chapter 24, verse number three. Toward the end of the verse. And what shall be the sign of thy coming? And the last phrase we're going to look at. And of the end of the world. The end of the world. End of the world. When we read Revelation 11, verse 15. Where it says the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Who has been given permission to rule this world? That would be Satan. Ephesians 2, 2. When in time past walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. Who controls this world system right now? The Lord doesn't. He's relinquished control to Satan. When we look at Revelation 11, the kingdom of this world, become the kingdom of our Lord, of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This is the second coming. After Daniel's 70th week, the Lord's going to come back, and there's going to be an end of the world system. Not the end of the world, earth, the end of the world. That world system, two different things, world and the earth. Um, maybe this might help. Let's go to Matthew 13. I don't know. Matthew chapter 13, verses number 39 and 40. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. You see that end of the world? You see that angels? And therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it shall be in, so shall it be in the end of the world. Verse number 49. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from the church. When the church is raptured, is there any severing of the wicked? No, it's the catching away of believers. Unbelievers are left on earth. When the church is raptured, who gathers? Not angels. 
the Lord himself. What do we see in Matthew 13? This prophecy of the end of the world, referring to the second coming, not the rapture of the church. And we see again, angels, the end of the world, and the reaper, the reapers are the angels. The end of Daniel's 70th week, Christ will send his angels to protect the elect. The wicked are then severed from them and then are destroyed by the Lord. Two things happen at Christ's second coming. It will be the end of the world, meaning that world system, the end of Satan's reign over this world. He will no longer be the prince and the power of this earth of this world. And it will mark the beginning of the Lord's reign on earth. Satan will no longer be the ruler of the world. It says the harvest of the end of the world, Matthew 13, sign of thy coming, every eye shall see him. Angels sent to sever the wicked from the just. All of this points to the end of the world's system of rule. But when believers are caught up, it's not angels, it's the Lord. And it doesn't end the world system. It's seven years a mess. Seven years a mess. All right, let me try to finish with one last thought. Christ's second coming and the destruction of heaven and earth are also two different events. The end of the seven-year tribulation will usher in the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ. His feet touch Mount of Olives. After the 1,000-year reign of Christ, the millennial reign, that will usher in the destruction of this present world, this heaven and earth. This heaven. The end of the world in Matthew 24 is not the end of heaven and earth. Right? We'll just close with that. Thing. It's the end of this world system that is controlled by Satan, and it will be replaced with now the Lord reigning Christ everlasting and perfect government and there's not going to be any voter fraud that's going to keep them out I mean it's it's going to happen just like he said he would Christ's second coming will have an initial judgment of the wicked upon the earth and then the final judgment will happen a thousand years later in the great white throne judgment which we'll talk about that in more detail at a later lesson Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.